Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, a World Football Index's podcast to get your calcio to go. I'm Frank Crivello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. I had to make sure to unmute myself there. How are you? <laughs> a couple of weeks since we've done this. So, you know, you had to look for the mute button again. And uh, I'm good. I'm good. Happy birthday, by the way. Belated happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Turning the big 4-0. Uh, oh, yeah, a big one. I'm in the 40s now. So, yeah, yeah. Well, salute. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. I'm drinking a little water tonight. That's because I turned into the 40s. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's hard to hard to recover from those uh, birthday drinking binges. Uh, yeah, yeah. Once you get into your 40s, uh, yeah, 47 is around the corner for me. So uh, do anything exciting for your for the big 40 or uh, kind of no, uh, uh, given the yeah. cons- given the climate right now? Yeah, the only thing I really did was order uh, breakfast from my favorite breakfast place. And uh, that's about yeah. it. I pretty much hung out on the couch for us today. It was fine hey. with me. I liked it. There you go. There you go. You were the boss. Got to do whatever you wanted. So that's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. all right. Well, um, you know, right. You know, before and after your birthday, there was calcio action. There was match week twenty, match week twenty one. So, rather than going through the game by game breakdown of everything that happened, uh, we will highlight a couple of games. We're going to kind of we're going to talk about what we saw over the course. As you can see, as Richard's putting on the screen, uh, the recap of match day twenty one, all ten games completed. Um, but uh, we want to uh, just kind of give an all-encompassing because uh, chunks of match day 20 happened. Some didn't. Uh, Atalanta showed up for a game and Torino didn't. And they they did they did the right thing and called that a postponement, which, um, you know, they, uh, you know, people could have taken a page out of handling the um, – uh, uh, Juve Napoli game uh, a year ago. It looks like they've kind of wised up to that. My bat. You've asked about my battery life. I've got my computer plugged in. Is there an issue? Oh no! I'll just say that your sound sounds a little flickering right now, but maybe it just uh, it's uh, the the rust shaking off from the uh, couch of Twitter break that we had. So it, it could be. It could be. It could be the uh, it could be the machine here just trying to trying to yeah. regroup and yeah and and adjust. Uh, we got in. Yeah, Anthony's in the house. Good to talk to you, man. We got to get we got to get people in here, man. Where's Lacey? Uh, <laughs> you know what? What better could he be? He's in a, he's in cold Ohio on a Tuesday night. Exactly. Uh, you know he should be he he should be in the chat. Somebody go find him. Um, <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, good to have you with us, Anthony. Let's, uh, let's pack the chat. If you are, uh, if you are with us, uh, please, uh, check in with us on the chat, uh, drop a like, subscribe, uh, all that fun stuff. So, um, so our breakdown today is we will, uh, do a quick recap on that Inter-Lazio game. Uh, we'll talk about, uh, what we have seen from some of the big clubs, what's going on at the top of the table. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the Milan clubs in a little bit more detail, Roma, again, continuing to struggle against the uh, members of the Seven Sisters. Uh, Juventus off to an unbeaten start in January, but at a cost. Um, and then uh, Richard has three thoughts on other other things going on in the league, as well as myself. We will preview the uh, Supercopa uh, on uh, Wednesday between Inter and Juventus. Uh, talk transfers early start to the January window, already some very, very intriguing moves happening, uh, and then finish it all off with the world's most popular hashtag game, Richard, who won Calcio Twitter. Indeed. So uh, let's start uh, with Inter and Lazio, which was the marquee game um, 
you know, of the weekend, all due respect to Juventus and Napoli. Yes, that happened as well. We could probably talk about that a little bit when we get into Juve. Uh, but Inter win again. Uh, they beat Lazio 2-1. Goals coming from Alessandro Bastoni. Very nice goal uh, from distance. Uh, Chiro Immobile, after a little bit of a mishap, playing out of the back from Inter, t- pouncing on it uh, and leveling the score. And then a nice... Uh, designed set play that left Bastoni with uh, a beautiful cross to Milan Skriniar, uh, who scored to make it 2-1 to Inter. Told you some of the story, Richard. Um, when we look at the uh, lineups, once again, um, Lazio and, well, Lazio not starting Luis Alberto, bringing him on in the 68th minute. Um, that is just all getting weird there, uh, the relationship yeah. between him and, and Maurizio Sarri. Uh, Bobby Gaggs getting a run out for Inter, and I think that had to do with the fact that uh, uh, Simone Inzaghi, relatively short of options in midfield, does not have Hakan Chalinolu to go to in this game, uh, but just about had the rest of his squad. Uh, the statistics the statistics showed superiority here for Inter as well, 61% possession, outshot Lazio 17-6. to Um Happy with Inter's performance, impressed with Inter's performance here against Lazio, or are we is this is this representative of Inter really being the best team in Italy, or does this say something? Just forget the score, let's think performance. Does this really say something about Lazio really struggling to get Saudi's project going and buying into what uh, he's expecting of them? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, really, because I think Inter did look good. They they started out the game very well. Uh, put a lot of pressure on Lazio, and really, I mean, they got the goal early. They had a goal taken away. That, that you know, Alexis Sanchez with a yep. beautiful pass to uh, Lautaro uh, for the goal that was taken away, and then they score, ended up scoring themselves through Bastoni. Uh, they looked good, and really, it was Lazio on the back foot, and, and some of that has to go with not quite getting Sarri's system, but I think it's more to do with Inter and how good they were playing. Uh, they were just clicking on cylinders at the beginning. And then they got caught sleeping. You know, one of the guys who's Mr. Reliable, Skriniar, you know, we'll get to that goal in a minute. But I think to start off the game, I thought Inter came out very well. And uh, they, you have to give them a lot of the credit. Yes, Lazio are still struggling. They, some games are good, some games are not. But against a big game like this, you would expect them to play at their best. And I think Inter were ready for them. And um, Brozovic and company in that midfield really put the, the clamps down on, on, the, on the team. SMS had a little bit more freedom with Gagliardini covering him, as you would imagine, but still not enough. I think the overall inter-defense was good. The back three uh, did their job. The wingbacks, Dumfries starting in this one, uh, did very well with Perisic as well. So, I mean, yeah, it was just a good team performance by Inter, I think. I thought the wingbacks were probably just okay by their standards. I don't know if they were extraordinary. I think they did some oh. decent things. Um you know, I, I in particular, I really thought Ivan Perisic would eat uh, in this game. You know, with the, who's, who says a guy that you could easily go out, easily pick on a guy of Perisic's power, his ability to, uh, you know, take on and, and get past defenders with power and things like that. I thought we'd see a little bit more out of that. I mean, but we're splitting hairs here. Yeah, I think Inter's performance overall um, was quite good here, uh, you know. I think I think as an Inter supporter, you might want to be a little bit greedy. You might want to see a little bit more um, out of all of the possession and chances that you created, getting some more goals out of it. But 
Um, Lotaro had the one that was offside. He had another great chance just shortly after that. Um, But generally speaking, uh, you you can't really complain about the overall display that Inter put on. Uh, Lazio, to Anthony's point, little to no creativity. And I think that that is who do you turn to for it when you don't play? We don't when you don't play Luis Alberto from the start. Um, Pedro does not. Pedro, at this stage of his career, he's not a guy that I'm looking to see create things. He's a guy, you know, he's a veteran player that's now just cleverly finding himself in spaces and, you know, and, and maybe getting on the end of some finishing chances on the on on a flank. Um, he's not somebody that's aggressive on the ball, taking people on. He's not – I'm not finding those things about him. Felipe Anderson has always been a workhorse uh, type of winger. He is not a – flashy guy either you know he's a guy that's going to draw some fouls he's a guy that you can use to press because he can win some tackles and he can intercept some passes he can get himself in some pretty good positions like that he defends well for a winger um you know and then he creates chances off of that you know so I think this all explains the creativity the guy that I think that they're looking to to try to supply that in this starting lineup Toma Basic it just hasn't clicked um, with him, um, you know, Milinkovic Savic is not really a guy that you look to to do that. He's another guy just gonna make runs, find spaces, maybe depends on the creativity of others and gets on the, you know, gets into some positions that the forwards leave to finish chances. Um, I'm, I'm saying a mouthful here about Lazio right now, but when you put a lineup out like this, I mean, how do you? There, there's, it's it's almost impossible to unlock Inter uh, without some kind of creative force there. Yeah, and Basic is a guy who's, who's had some moments this year, but uh, clearly he's not quite ready to be a, the kind of player that's going to unlock a defense, like a, a, especially a defense like Inter, right? Inter is you yeah. know, a world-class defender. So, uh, yeah, they, they certainly had their struggles. And honestly, the best player in the game for Lazio was Tarakosha. I think Tarakosha really kept him in the game. Yes. Had a couple of big saves as well. Yeah, I think Luis Felipe or somebody had a goal line uh, save. Or Basic, it was Basic, I forget. But somebody had a goal line save as well, but... Really, Inter were they could have won four or five, you know, one in this one. It was just uh, some good keep goalkeeping performances by Tarkosha, which is nice to see for Lazio. Unfortunately, the rest of the team needs to play catch up here uh, to kind of match. When you play one of the seven sisters, especially the reigning champions, you need to be at your best. And Lazio were far from their best, and and Inter were they did what they had to, right? They they looked good. They didn't they didn't they could have scored more goals. They just you know were unlucky in that respect, but they're in complete control of this game and. I mean, outside of the one blip and error from Skriniar and the defense when Nobile scored and Handanovic as well, right? Big blooper by him. Um, Inter were pretty good. They looked comfortable, and they didn't look like they were being really threatened to be drawn in this game at all. So that's uh, all credit goes to Inzaghi for that. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I mean, they obviously, the the blunder that led to the Chiro Immobile goal, I'm just going to chalk that up as, uh, oops. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it, <laughs> those guys team. have played together. I mean, yeah, those, those guys have played so much together that something like that is just beyond uncharacteristic for them. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I'm willing to give you with the ball. You know, completely. He didn't even touch the ball. That's one thing. If he like tapped it and immobile, got, he completely whiffed the ball and immobile, yeah. you know, good credit to him to kept going for the ball and score that goal. So yeah. And yeah, same with, yeah, for screaming my, and in mafia terms, we'll give him a pass. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> he's been one of the best defenders and he's been one yeah. of the best defenders yeah. in Serie A this season. Yeah. And even, even some of the best defenders in world football will even make a mistake. I mean, my yeah. gosh, it's not like, it's not like, uh, it's not like he was playing against, um, uh, 
who the hell was Liverpool playing in the FA Cup that they got scored on? Uh, oh, and yeah. Virgil van Dijk was out there for it, too. Shrewsbury, the, Shrewsbury or something. Shrewsbury Town. Shrewsbury Town. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, and Virgil van Dijk's out there defending against Shrewsbury Town and conceding a goal, and people want yeah. to compare him to Maldini and Nesta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Exactly. Um, it's... Yeah, Schreiber made up for his his blunder as well later on in the game too. So sure, yeah, I mean he's a great header, towering header. What you expect from him yeah. in those dead ball situations? I mean, you have to know where those inter guys are. I mean, for as much as I knock the studio team at Paramount Plus, I'll give Mike Grella credit. He at least hammers away at the fact that Inter are so unbelievably dangerous in dead ball situations. And yeah, they they've got fifty one goals this season in Serie A, and it's. The, the the scoring has gotten spread out. It's not a, yeah. you know, alpha where everything went, you know, pretty much went through Lukaku last season. They have figured out how to spread this out. They use set pieces. They get production from the forwards. They get wingbacks to score. Dumfries has been catching on. Pettisic scores. Um, you've seen Barella come through and score some goal. Hell, Bobby Gags has found a way to score a couple of times this season. So, um is this Inter more dangerous than last year's Inter for those reasons? Or do you still, I mean, is Conte, I mean, we look at Conte's Inter and it was unbelievable what they did last year. But yeah. when you look at what Simone Inzaghi has done now, do we start having that conversation of could this year's Inter beat last year's Inter? Because I, I think th- if we could get that match, I think it would be a hell of a game. It would, it would, but at the at present, only one per, only one team has a title, and that's last year's team. If yep. Inter were to win the title this year, I absolutely would have that conversation, and I would argue that this team is more dangerous just because of the, the spreading of the love, if you will. Because, like I said, last year was fairly predictable, uh, and if you and you and if you had these teams going against each other, right? Even though a lot of the players are the same, the defense would probably lock out Lukaku and kind of block out some of that, and you'd have to they had to find other ways to score. This team right now, they find all these different ways to score goals. It's really ridiculous. And, uh, I mean, Bastoni's with his great assists. Uh, and it's funny, you mentioned about set pieces and how good they are this year, right? A lot of Interisiers talking about the Hakan effect, right? Hakan comes over there and they come like they come far better in, in set pieces. Funny enough, I read somewhere or I saw somewhere that Milan is actually better on set pieces this year without Hakan, right? So it is a Hakan effect. He leaves, both teams get better. So it worked out for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, 51 goals uh, in Serie A through 21 games and your top scorer only has 11. That's pretty good. That's not somebody just, you know, usually when you see something like that, you'd expect the top scorer to be kind of in the 17, 18 range fighting for Capo Cananieri. Uh, But that is just clearly not the case here. So, and Inter are the top scoring team in this league by a distance. Um, Milan, Starting to rival them on 46 goals. Atalanta have scored 44. Um, you know, but really, really impressive what Inter have done. It's it's spread out when you prepare for Inter. There's Simone and Zaghi's got these guys set up that there is so much to prepare for when you play them. You know, where when you prepared for Conti's Inter, you knew that Lukaku was the reference point. Yep. It's going through him. Um they're probably going to let you have a little bit more of the ball so that they could take advantage of his 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 skill set. Um, but this this team, there's so much that you have to prepare for, you know. And then when you do have the ball against them, um, you have a 
it it's hard to get between those lines and get into those half spaces and get to that back three and break them down because of the role that Brozovic is playing. We talked about this um, with Anthony the last time we were on. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, you're, you're seeing all of these facets of Inter coming through and, and just a, getting to be a tougher and tougher team to prepare for uh, every time they play. I mean, and the freedom he just gives these players. I mean, you got the you got the center backs pushing up. I mean, look at that look at that goal screen yard score, right? You got Bastoni pushing up on the left hand side. Screen yards in the box, uh, mm. pushing up. I mean, the the freedom allows them to be more expressive, obviously. And then uh, because of this, they're they're playing with you know with, with no regret, and they're they're taking their chances and they're scoring these goals. Um, and you know, obviously, under Conte's system, it's more rigid, it's more disciplined. Um, and I think it's it's a welcome change for the Interisti because, or the Inter players, because they kind of, while they did so good under Conte, now they feel like the reins are off of them. They can really run wild and, and do what they, they all feel like they have the potential to do. So yeah, it's, this is a fun team to watch. If you're a neutral, uh, this Inter team certainly can bring it from all different, di- different directions and they have different facets to their game. Like we just talked about. So yeah, it's, it's a dangerous team. And uh, I'm curious to see how they do in, in against Liverpool in the Champions League. That's going to be a big matchup. Devil's advocate, how much of this is taking advantage of um, a Lazio back line that did not have a Cherby back there that could keep things marshaled and organized? You've got a combination of Luis he- Felipe and Stefan Radu um, is this, as your center backs. Uh, disaster waiting to happen is probably the most polite way to put it. Um, sure. How much of it? Do you do you have to do we have to pump the brakes just ever so slightly, or it, it, say hey this is Inter Acherbi could have been out there and they're probably finding a way to score goals like this. Yeah, especially this Acherbi this year, I think they're going to find a way to score no matter what. Um, I think the credit mostly has to go to Inter as opposed to yes, lots of may be hurting and stuff like that, but this is a good Inter squad and I think. Um, Lazio are far from the park. We're going to see them here like next year, right? Next year, at this point, it'll probably be a much different beast. But this year, they're not quite there yet. And unfortunately, they're playing a team that is there. Uh, and this team is is legit. And I, I'm yeah. not going to, I mean, if this is early in the year, first five games of the year, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's just back it off a little bit. But we've seen enough of a sample size here with Inter. I think this is, they're legit. Yep. No doubt about it. Yep, I I agree. So uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see as things start to tighten, fixtures start to pile up. If they can continue to sustain this one team that doesn't have to worry about fixture pileups, uh, the other side of Milan, Milan, uh, the red and black side, uh, return to action with a bang. Uh, destroying Roma 3-1 and then following that up by destroying Venezia 3-0, getting out to the right start to the new year uh, for Stefano Pioli's men, having to do it with a lot of makeshift and a lot of changes, a lot of adjusting. You went up against, going up against Roma with a center back pairing of Gabia and Kalulu, um, which you wondered, man, Abraham could roast this. Uh, you know, Mkhitaryan could come through and bring in, bring about some problems, but it was a composed performance. The double pivot, which I think we have a who on Calcio Twitter entry, which Tonali might have been the entire double pivot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then the performance there. So Milan getting two big wins, uh, finding ways to get it done. Stefano Pioli uh, has uh, just pushed the right buttons yet again. Um, we look at the table now, and we see Inter on 49, Milan on 48. 
And Milan's five ahead of Napoli, seven against seven ahead of Atalanta, and ten ahead of Juve, seven ahead of Atalanta with Atalanta having a game in hand. But we should ask the question, is this the beginning of the Milan clubs starting to get away from the pack here? And do we see signs that this could be a two-horse race? It sure looks like it, right? I mean, five-point gap between second and third at the moment. Um, for the league's sake, I hope it doesn't pull it. And for our sake, I would love it to be a two-horse race, right? But yep. um, I don't know if we stand a great it, – it's it's easier when it's a lot of teams. To dethrone the champs, you need a lot of teams involved. Um, if you just have two teams at it and I – mean, I still think Atalanta is going to be punching above their weight or they're, they're going to be heavy hitters, right? And Napoli, they'll just got them. Don't look now about Juve, but – uh, yeah, it seems like the two Milanese clubs are starting to pull away ever so slightly because they're the most consistent teams. Um, Inter is by far the best team in the league, and I think Milan's playing very consistently. They've gone through a plethora of players this year, but by no stretch a consistent starting 11 because of all the injuries and whatever and COVID and all that, and they're still performing as well. Now you've seen, you know, Kalulu had a really good game the last two games. Bakayoko is now playing, playing well. Um, they're starting to, you know, get these guys these opportunities and they're playing consistent. And so, yeah, these, these two Milanese clubs are ones that look out for. And, you know, speaking of, keep talking about Milan is that Leal, look at what he did in, 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 in against Venezia, right? The first two minutes of the game. Great, great assist by him. Great pace by him. We saw against Roma as well, that breakaway goal. Um, Paul, I, I hear you, man. Definitely do not count out Atalanta. Atalanta, they score for fun and they are now concentrating back on the league. So they're going to be in the mix real quick. But I think right now it's, the two Milanese clubs are just ever so consistent compared to everybody else. You know, not Napoli dropping points again. Um, other teams are going to have to pick up their pick up the slack, and I think Atalanta will. Napoli, I assume, will is also, and, and Juventus are all of a sudden turning it around. So it's not over by any stretch, but it does seem like the cream of the crop does seem to be in Milan City at the moment. Yep, um, hell, I'm hell with, the region, hell the region with Atalanta. They're yeah, gonna, Lombardia. Yeah, Lombardia. Lombardia. It's. It's all about Lombardia right now in Serie A, I think. Um, I mean, with all due respect to Napoli, I think they still are, you know, might have a shot. But um, Milan have the benefit of not playing in Europe, which Inter, Napoli, Atalanta, and then you go down to Juventus even, and Roma, all are still in it and have those extra fixtures. Um, we'll have to see how interested these teams are going to be in the Coppa Italia as part of the process. So... For those, you know, but for that reason, and it's was a big advantage for Inter last year. Um, Milan uh, can put the pressure on Inter because they can focus squarely on this competition for as long as Inter's in the Champions League, which might just be one more round um, against Liverpool, unless they pull off a surprise. Uh, you know, there is that that is a distraction for them. You know, having to play this extra game tomorrow, the Supercopa, that's a, you know, that's an added game for them. Uh, you know, so, so those things. Um, but I, I, and I'm, I'm, I, I agree on the Atalanta comment. Um, I worry about that defense for Atalanta. You know, I, I don't think it's good. I don't think you get any better loaning out a guy like Lovato who was giving you some, who, who provided some quality depth. Um, and kind of having a nice impact for Cagliari already through two games, um, helping them to win two games in a row. Uh, so, you know, and and your defense doesn't get better by adding Jeremy Boga. Um, so 
that's as, as, as fun as that's going to be to see him in that system. Um, I still worry about that with Atalanta as what might stunt their progress, uh, you know, to winning the, to being a contender for the Scudetto. They're going to be there. They're going to accumulate points. They're going to have to do it by playing a lot of entertaining, uh, you know, pickup game style football, really. I mean, uh, because there's, there's nothing that's proven to me that the defending is going to stick. Um, you know, there's been half a season, you know, and there's, and, and, and they've had problems. I mean, when you look at it, um, they, out of the top five, they have, they have conceded the most goals, 26, um, Milan's after that with 23. Uh, so that's where I think Atalanta's ceiling gets stunted here. Yeah. And I think the frustrating part that we've, we know, We've seen this in repertoire before that they can figure it out, play defensively. It takes away from the goal scoring, but this season it's just not been there. Maybe the last couple of years hasn't been there. Gasparini's just been intent in playing his offensive style of football and trying to outscore everybody. And it works for 90% of the league, but when you play some of the big boys, you need to find a, have a plan B, plan C, be able to play defense. And if you can't, you're going to lose. And uh, we saw them you know, lose big, game, big games to Milan already, They'll, you know, lose to Inter, dropping points points that can cost them a chance at Scudetto and you know for a team that has yeah. aspirations which I'm sure Atalanta do you need to play a little bit of defense to get that get that trophy yep Paul's asking if Atalanta can finish above Milan I said I mean I won't rule it out but I I don't see it um I I, I think I so I guess I'm making the argument that Milan and Inter are going to be in the process of pulling away little by little here how how deep is Napoli really? Um, we're gonna see who's deep during the Afcon tournament right now. Yeah, we're gonna see who's gonna really emerge. I think Napoli's decently, decently uh, good sized bench. You know, I, think yeah. I would say they're not super great. I mean, Inter may have the best bench. Um, Milan's bench is good to Paul's point. So is Napoli. Atalanta is just you know <laughs> doesn't matter who you put in, they're gonna do well. Um, but Napoli, I think, are still missing some pieces. What we're obviously seeing is Patania is not Osiman, right? It's clear. Uh, Osiman is fantastic. They don't have a Patania does a okay job, serviceable job, but it's not good enough for what they want. And, and right. you know, Mertens and Insigne are going to give their last hurrah here for for Napoli in their last six months. Um, they have good midfield, decent midfield options, you know. Um, but I think again, if they can get some wingers on the on the defense there, especially the left left back. Um, even right back there, uh, they got some pieces that need to work on, and, and I, I, I agree with you. Where I think we're going is the bench is not quite as strong as it it could be. It could, it could there's room for improvement there. Fullback is still a problem there. I mean, after all this time, it's 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 astonishing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to be fair, but I mean, they they beat Sampdoria here one nil at the weekend. So I mean, it's and with some of the guys that are off on Afcon duty on Napoli, it's. I think this is what you're going to see with Napoli here over manage it, find yeah. ways to win. Don't have to dazzle anybody. It's not style points. It's three points is a phrase that I've commonly like to use on this podcast. Yeah. And so, I think, I think Atalanta can win. I, th- I think they can not only beat Milan, I think they can win the Scudetto, but will they? I'm not so confident in that. No, I, they I, have, they I really have the firepower. I see. I see nothing in them defensively and the right teams that we, when we talk about that, system that Gasparini plays that two man center midfield is easy to get through 
We've seen teams do it. The good teams in this league can do it um, and create a whole slew of problems. Um, but it's the other. on the other hand, that's something that you definitely have to admire about Gasparini. He is going to play his way. He is going to succeed or fail playing his way. He is not going to deviate. He's not going to adjust. And I think that that's something that you can respect, um, you know, with – with the way he goes about doing things. So very interesting conversation as far as where this Scudetto is. All, all through this, let's talk about those fifth through seventh guys, Richard. Roma comes out of the blocks again. Milan, Juve. Wow, that game against Juventus. I mean, yeah, 3-1 loss to uh, Milan when it looked prime for them to grab three points with a makeshift central defense for the Rossoneri, and then 3-1 up against Juve, completely collapse, lose 4-3. to I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, the mentality, the same Roma mentality is creeping in. Yeah. I mean, I heard a lot of people complain about the Milan Roma game, saying the refereeing was bad. And I watched that game a couple times. I'm like, it wasn't as bad as people were saying. Yeah, calls were missed. And so, whatever, that always happens in the game, but it wasn't as bad as people were saying. Um, but the more, ex- it's, it's hard to understand because like Roma look amazing against Atalanta, a team that pretty much bashes everybody. They killed them four to one. The, the tactics from Mourinho were master class. And then sometimes they get these hiccups like like we're having these last two games. And especially this game against Juventus, right, where they're up 3-1. They look like that team against Roma almost, right? They're, everything is working well for them. And in the span of, what, seven minutes or so, they just completely lose concentration and the game's over. Um, it's, it's, it's unreal. I don't know what to say. And I, I think you're right. It's that mentality creeping back again. And I still think Mourinho is the guy who's going to help them overcome this, right? I agree. Um, Conte was the one who helped Inter overcome their their mental block, and I think Mourinho is going to be that guy. And but it's going to have some growing pains. We've said that, and there you go against Juventus, a team who usually who has been struggling to score score you know four goals in this game. Granted, those were you know Juventus has been playing a little better lately. Um, it's just hard to explain, and um, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I look at the team, and. Granted, I mean, there's some there's some breaking in going on here. Uh, Maitland Niles just joined, and they're trying to figure him. You know, yeah, they're sure trying to play him as part as a back for part of a back four. And it's I mean, you're you're thrusting him right into a situation. You had Karsdorp suspended, um, you know, so that had a little bit of a little bit something to do with it. He started a fan of a fan of John. I like that um, I like it, actually. Yep, uh, Pellegrini was back for the. I think this was was this his first game back. I don't remember. Did he he didn't play against Milan? Did he? I, Who's that? that me, uh, Pellegrini. No, he did not. No, I didn't think so. I was like, that was, <laughs> I know that was only five days ago, but it feels like it's been forever. Um, you know, so, you know, the Atalanta win is a nice step forward, but then now these defeats to Milan and, and Juventus is a couple of steps back. Yeah. And that same old mentality, that same old fragility to Roma keeps creeping in. Um I don't – yeah, I'm with you. I Jose Mourinho needs the entire season here yeah. um, to get this figured out. I mean – and he may even need more than that. I, You know, I hope that the ownership at Roma is going to give him more time because I think he 
he's the right answer. They're doing the right things. They're getting they're they're moving in the right direction. At some point, they're going to win these kind of games. Yes. Okay. Um, I've seen some positive signs within these games. I mean, three one up against Juve. All that's left is to go ahead and close that out. You know. Exactly. Um, yeah, and and, and that was a minutes, so seven minutes that that really ended it all. And granted, Juve played yeah. really well the last twenty minutes, but um, yeah, still close it out. Yeah, you know they've got to close. That's something that they're going to have to they're going to have to figure out. Um, you know, <laughs> whose project do you think is ahead? Uh, to the question in the chat, you think Roma is going to finish ahead or Lazio is going to finish ahead? Roma, Roma is going to finish ahead. I agree. I agree. Because at least there's creativity in Roma's team, and Jose Jose Mourinho uses it. And their defense is a little bit better, I think. I think so too. Or maybe even um, a lot better. I think so too. Um, so, you know, teams brain fart. It happens. Okay, um, this was an epic one. Um, on the one, you know, but it's. It, it continues to be concerning. We, you know, like we said, we had the, the win against Atalanta. We, we feel good about Roma. We said, all right, this is the Roma that we think was going to be the top, you know, possibly top four, um, or at least, you know, put up a fight for it. And it's still not out of the question. Sure. Um, but then we get the Roma of these last two games and we're back to, we're back to the same conversations about them. Um, and Anthony mentions in the chat that, uh, which I don't disagree, talking about a complete bottle job at Roma, and there was no leadership on that field. And Pellegrini was out there. He scored that lovely third goal, one of the goals of the week candidate. Yeah. Um, but at what point are you, you blaming him? You know, granted, he's not playing defense, but, you know, at some point you got as a as a captain, you got to, you know, grab the guys around their neck and like, come on, let's go, right? Um, yeah. And sometimes when you get – and, again, it was seven minutes. It wasn't like they played poor the whole game. It was – Seven minutes stretch where they got completely lost concentration, completely choked it, and the rest of the game was history. Um, and they got at sixty minutes or whatever held played seven minutes of good football, and they got to figure out a way to close games out. Period. Yep. Three one up, you need to be game put games away. They'll I agree. They'll get there. I agree. Uh, speaking of a team that is still finding ways to get results, and uh, you know, don't very very quietly, Juventus is on a. Pretty lengthy unbeaten run here, Richard. Um, now, I think they've dug themselves way too deep of a hole uh, to contend for a Scudetto. But they're in this conversation. They're only three points out of fourth. Um, they uh, come away with this comeback win over Roma. We talked about that. They get a 1-1 draw against Napoli. Uh, and then prior to that, uh, finding ways to pick up points. 2-0 Cagliari, 2-0 Bologna. 1-1 against Venezia, a game that they didn't play particularly well in. Um, you know, going further back, they beat Malmo in the Champions League, beat Genoa, beat Salernitana. They've been able to take advantage of this nice, cushy stretch um, and accumulate points. So let's talk about them because there is an issue with this team all of us, you know, suddenly, and that is that uh, they will be without Federico Chiesa now for the rest of the season. He makes a return here in these games uh, and then uh, has a, a, a ACL, uh, tears his ACL. I believe that's a cruciate ligament injury is what they describe it at, but come on, we know it is a torn ACL. Um, not, he's out. Um, I read somewhere that, 
I think I saw somewhere a blurb on uh, Twitter that Sardar Osmoon is a guy that they're possibly considering for Zenit. I don't see the fit. I just don't. Um, I'm familiar with what he does for Zenit. Um, he's a down the middle guy. He's not really a winger. He's kind of a center forward support striker type. I don't see where that makes sense. Um, but the hot take I'll give is for all the talent that Chiesa has, and he's a wonderful player. The pieces are still here for Juve to put some pressure on and to keep this thing going without him. Federico Bernardeschi figured out how to play for a club team over the last few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. That's one thing. Yeah. You're laughing, and yeah, I know that's funny, but (laughs) it's uh, Razor saying Osmond is a two-center forward formation player. I agree. So I don't know how that works in some of the things that Allegri is familiar with doing because Allegri doesn't often play with two forwards. It's usually a striker or – you know, when he had Ronaldo, he had Ronaldo kind of as a false nine and he had guys playing off. I mean, you really have a, you know, an out and out, you know, an out and out striker in that sense. You got Morata still there. Who knows if he goes to Barcelona? We'll see what kind of conversations happen with that. You got Ken, you've got Kulishevsky. Um, you still got Dybala there, who I think they're trying to extend yet again. Um, so for me, the pieces are the pieces are there. To cover for him, you can even Quadrado playing, and you can play him in an attacking wing position if you wanted to. So, is the Chiesa loss? I'm trying to state a case for why the Chiesa loss might not be that significant. I'll also give you another reason why I don't think it's that significant. Look at how Juventus play. Okay, the creative players don't get to be creative. It's rigid. You know, it's structured. Um, you know, I can argue that Chiesa has not been as good under Allegri as he was under Pirlo. Um, you know, so for those reasons and for the all of the other players functionally that can do what's being asked of Chiesa and Allegri's system, this is not that huge a miss uh, for Juventus. Agree or disagree? Lisi's here finally. I, I agree. <laughs> Uh, no, I definitely agree because I think Kulishevsky can slot into the left hand side. Um, you got the ball on the right, they can flip flop. Bernadeski is available as well. Um, I certainly think there's plenty of options, and I also think it's funny that while well, granted Chiesa started off well in this game, had a lovely assist to Dabala, and Locatelli played a lot better in this game. I think it's ironic that the two most seemingly the most hated guys on the Juventus team by Juventini. Marata and McKenney played very, very well in this game. And again, yeah. they were key contributors to their offense, right? Marata, especially, he's not. Yes, he misses a lot of he misses a lot of opportunities, point blank, and he gets off sides a lot. But he does so much with the ball. He's good holding the ball up. He plays very well on the wing as well, setting people up. He had a nice assist uh, in the game as well, and so he does a lot of things. And yeah, he maybe he doesn't. He's not as clinical as you want a striker to be, but. He creates opportunities, and and McKinney does decently as well. At least this in this game he did. Um, I think they're okay. I do think they're okay, and I think uh, their defense is good enough. Their midfield needs still improvement, as we've been talking about. Losing an attacking player is not going to be the issue for them. It's can they get the players the pieces in the middle? We've been talking about this all season long. That's been yeah. the weak point. And if Allegri can bring in a couple of bodies in the middle. Um, to help out Locatelli in there, I think you know Juventus are in a good position to challenge for a top four position 
certainly, because right now they're only three points behind Atalanta. Uh, you wouldn't bet that Atalanta are going to lose that that lead, but you never know. Crazy things have happened, and when Juventus are in a mix, you can never discount them. We've had years and decades of 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 that history, so they're there. They're, they'll be okay without Chiesa. I think it's a bigger – this is my hot take. I think Chiesa injury is a bigger loss for the Azzurri than it is for Juventus. It's a huge miss for the Azzurri. It's a huge miss. I'm going to pull up uh, courtesy of fbref.com, which is basically football reference. I want to pull up uh, Federico Chiesa statistically. Um, under Allegri and then under Pirlo. So I'll let you carry on about why he's such a big miss for Italy. But I, I, with, I mean, it it might go without explanation, but I'll let you explain it. It goes without explanation, right? No, but he is uh, the playmaker for the Azzurri, and, and especially when the striker position is a position where the guys aren't really the clinical ones. They're just there to be a body on the pitch, so you're not one man down, it seems like. Uh so much has gone through Chiesa, especially during that 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 long run, the, the championship run, and the Euros. And he is such a dynamic player. When he's at the top of his game, nobody, and I mean, very couple, there's maybe a couple of defenders in the world that can stop him. Uh, he's that good when he's on his game. The pace, the 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 mobility, the shots, um, the vision. He is a good player, and he's, you know. There are some good players in Yazuri, no doubt about it. But he's that playmaker, that X factor, that they don't have another one like him on the team. Uh, and he, he was a big, big reason. Granted, it's a team game, uh, but he was a big reason why the Ojuri were so good against some of these better opponents because he could unlock the teams when it was such a stalemate. He had that extra gear that nobody else has uh, and can create nothing or create something out of nothing. Uh, he's just he's a fantastic player, and the Zuri are going to miss him. Juventus, on the other hand, as we've been saying, they play that system that doesn't depend on one guy. And they can put other pieces in there. And Allegri doesn't go for the four or five nothing wins. They go for the one two nothing victory, uh, and that's what he's going to be content with. And he's got players that can get those goals. Morata, certainly Dybala. Uh, don't forget Kulishevsky. He's a he's a decent player as well. Uh, there's some pieces there for Juventus. I think Juventus as a whole can handle this, and they can still score as opposed to the Azzurri. We're not sure at the moment who can score. And right now they've have a little bit of a lull after their victory. They've been struggling so. You know, big games coming up, and we'll see. You know, maybe Skamaka joins the fold and changes their minds, or another player emerges, Raspadori, who knows, uh, joins the, the Azzurri mix. But, uh, yeah, Chiesa is a tremendous loss for, for the Azzurri, more so than Juventus, in my opinion. Yep. All right, so I'm looking at this. Um, okay, so per 90 minutes, um, goals per 90 uh, in the 2020-2021 season under Pirlo, 0.33. Under Allegri, 0.21. Uh, assists per 90, 0.33 under Pirlo, 0.21 under Allegri. That's, I mean, these are tiny numbers, but significant nonetheless. Um, so tells you, you know, you, kind of how open things were. Now, interesting enough, shots per 90 is, his shots per 90, uh, 2.92 with, under Pirlo, 2.44 uh, under Allegri. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, it tells you everything. I mean, he had, he had more freedom. He was far more influ- – he, he was more influential. The, the statistics show that too. So, you know, it's almost like saying under, uh, under Allegri, he's another guy. So, um, 
You know, I mean, the numbers are still decent, but they're not, you know, they were a little bit higher under Pirlo. Um, uh, one other note I want to take a look at is chance creation. Um, now, his chance creation per 90 is is slightly up, okay, um, with with Allegri. That's that's one area that you can you can probably take a look at. It's it, it was three and a half, and this is like creating for other players. Uh, three and a half per ninety for under Pirlo, a little over four under Allegri. So yeah, there is there is a little bit of influence there, okay. But the individual, what he does, the goals, the assists, the actual output was higher under Pirlo. So, um, and it's, it's all system, you know, and, and, uh, you, you, and, and I'm giving you some statistical backup to what I'm saying, but I think you also only need to just watch Juventus um, to see that everybody on that team are just parts, you know? So, um, but Juventus overall, uh, do they finish top four and, at whose expense do they finish top four over? If they were to finish the top four, I would say it's probably Napoli. But um, if Napoli can skate out of this AFCON tournament, you know, come out of this AFCON tournament unscathed, I think that they're going to be fine. Once Osman comes back and and Gleason and all and the rest of their, their gang, uh, Koulibaly, they're going to be good. I I I think Napoli and also Napoli going to want to beat Juventus. They're going to want to beat Juventus, right? That's going to and I think they have more talent at their disposal than does Juventus. No discredit to Juventus, but I think Napoli have on paper a very good starting eleven. Um, so I think that their main competition for the top four is going to be Napoli. But I think Napoli is too good to be caught. I think and I think Juventus just miss out. They're gonna they're gonna rue the, the the rough start to the season and you know. While people writing off Allegri, I think he will get credit that he, he should get credit that he brought the team back to make him in contention to be a very uh, strong team. We'll see. It yep. seems so far it may, may come that way. Yep. Okay. Um, I think that fifth is where they finish. I mean, I think that they have benefited from playing some pretty easy competition here over the last several weeks. Um, yeah, it's admirable to get the one-one draw against Napoli to be able to come from. They, I think they 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 caught Roma with their pants down, uh, you know, so to speak. But I think as they get into some other tough fixtures, I don't know if they sustain this run. Um, I could see another dip coming that might cost them getting there. Um, if they do it, they do it at Atalanta's expense because Atalanta's lack of defending could play them out of the top four. So that's that's where I'll go. So, yep. okay, I think we've covered the top, uh, you know, the top of the table. Now I'll uh, turn you loose. Uh, we, this is where we're going to each give. And, yeah, I hope, hope you guys like this new format. This is just what we're doing because we had two match days since we've uh, last been with you. So now each of us are going to give you three things that we saw from the weekend that you should be paying attention to. Um and probably didn't. Richard, you go first. All right. Um, first, you know, for all the big scorers of this weekend, one that maybe went under radar when it shouldn't have is, is Torino. Torino, 4 nothing emphatic victory over Fiorentina. 
a team that most of us it's been ever everyone's darling this year is Fiorentina, right? They're finally they're finally playing decent football. And under the radar has been Torino, right? They started out very slowly under Juric and they're building and building. And now they're like a couple points behind Fiorentina at the moment. Uh, looking at the table, they currently sit at 28 points on ninth and Fiorentina have 32. So four points behind uh, Fiorentina. It's conceivable that Torino catches Fiorentina. I think Lisi or someone tweeted that out that they think Torino is going to finish ahead of Fiorentina. And it's conceivable at this point. The playmakers are starting to play for them. Uh, we've been we've been singing the praise of a single for a while, and you got know, Brecolo coming to the party. Sanabria is carrying his weight now. Um, it was a good performance by Torino against a good opponent. Uh, one of the you know one of the ace sister, I guess we were trying to call it last week. Uh, so don't look at don't look now. Torino are, are maybe making it very tough for the seven sisters coming down the stretch. Um, next point for me, I'm going to go with, and I, I, I we were talking about this before the podcast, but I forgot. Oh, Genoa. Still struggling, man. Shevchenko and, and you you hope. I mean, history tells you that they're not going to give Shevchenko a chance to see out the season. We I think we both think he needs some time. These are not his players. They got a new sporting director. Hopefully we'll give him some time. But they're struggling to score, man. They hold two goals in his six games or something crazy like that. They have not been able to score. I mean, they lost to Spezia. They'll probably lose to Salernitana. <laughs> They cannot figure it out right now, and I, I really feel for Shevchenko because, again, it's another one of these X Milan players who are near and dear to us, and they're struggling in the league. And it's not like Shevchenko, this is his first job. He coached the Ukraine team and did wonderful things with them. He just doesn't have the pieces at the moment, and the question is, does the owner give him time? I don't know. I every day After every game, I look on the news to see if he's, he's been axed or not. And I, you know, I'm glad he hasn't been axed yet, uh, but he needs that opportunity to – to move on, and then uh, I guess my last point is going to be um, the big thing I think for me this weekend, which you kind of just touched upon, was was Chiesa, his injury. It's it's a massive blow for the Azzurri, not so much for Juventus, mm-hmm. but it the impact of it. If it was a small injury, it's one thing, but it's an injury that's going to last him through the, the the World Cup run, you know, potentially, and that's a huge loss for Azzurri. And you got two important games, two knockout games that. You know, assuming they got past North Macedonia or whatever and play Portugal, if that's who they play in the in the, the final playoff game, you're going to need him, especially when you got guys like Leal emerging. You obviously have Ronaldo on the other side. And you got some all these fantastic players for Portugal. You need to have that kind of X-factor player. And this massively hurts the Azzurri. And we need to see someone step up from the Azzurri uh, contingency over here in the next several months because I, I before I was fairly confident they were going to move through, and now I'm a little worried, you know. And I think Juventus will be fine without Chiesa, but I think big picture, looking at at, at the at the national team, I'm not as confident anymore. I don't mm-hmm. know. So that's my three points for the weekend. What are yours? Mancini's going to obviously have to do some homework here now with Federico, Federico Chiesa out of the picture, no doubt about it. Um, I'm going to start with Empoli uh, with the uh, defense that I thought they were. Um, rearing their ugly head all of a sudden and uh, really limiting their upward mobility. Uh, they went into the Christmas break losing 4-2 at home to Milan. Um, and uh, they this is after beating Napoli 1-0 at, at the Diego Armando Maradona uh, and a 1-1 draw against the Spezia team that, that likes to attack. Uh, four goals to Milan, three goals to Lazio, 
five to Sassuolo. They've given up 12 goals in the last three games. This is the defense that I thought Empoli had that would keep them from, from, from staying up. They've been a nice story. They've got nice attacking pieces. We talked about Bajrami. We've exhausted the conversation about him. Some nice young strikers. Zerkowski is an excellent midfielder, but the defending has kind of come back to what we anticipated they would be. Uh, and it's a big, big task now for Andrea Zoli to fix that or else – they could be on the verge of a pretty considerable collapse, uh, you know, for where they're at. Um, it's called a winning streak. I know you haven't seen it in a long, long time, Cagliari, but you now have one. What a difference in players makes. What a difference Matteo Lovato is made, uh, you know, as a defender that's hungry, that's playing hard, that's getting in and winning some tackles. And, uh, you know, Atalanta, you can't defend. <laughs> and you probably just loaned out your best defender. <laughs> For whatever reason, Gasparini doesn't rate him for whatever reason. Goes to Mazzotti's Cagliari, playing well through two games. They found their game to Paul Golo. George Widmer's happy. He thinks, hey, we're staying up. The celebration's beginning. Cagliari finding ways to win now. Two in a row, beat Sampdoria, beat Bologna. um, Working uh, their way up. And then new owner, start winning, Salernitana. It's gonna be a, still a long, long road for them, but they finally found an owner that would enable an ownership group that would allow them to stay up in Serie A for the remainder of the season. And what do they do? They celebrate by beating Hellas Verona two to one. Um, yeah, figure that out. I can't. Um, maybe that's been what's been distracting them the whole time. I doubt it, but worth noting. Um, and uh, really, a Verona team that was also starting to trend upward a little bit. Damaging, damaging loss for them in terms of their hopes of being a top half team this season. Um, so those were my three. Uh, and for good measure, uh, Bologna, for all their style, uh, for all the quality that they have going forward, um, and for their ability, for their ability and their talent they have, I they're once again, they might be underachieving. They've lost four of their last five. Uh, the one win, a 3 0 win over Sassuolo. Uh, this is a maddeningly inconsistent team. And for all of the sentiment, this is still a business. And you just have to ask the question. And I am. I am crossing the threshold of sensitivity here uh, because of everything that he has gone through. But is it getting stale under Sinisa Mihailovic at Bologna? We just have to ask that question. Yeah, and we and I and I, I I'm with you because I had to, I've been having this feeling as well because yes he, he's he's gone through some rough things he's done really good things for Bologna but they're far too inconsistent for the talent that they have on this team they should be winning a lot more and being like Torino in the mix of the top 10 and really pushing the buttons for the other top teams. And some weeks they look like that team, other teams, they, they struggle against the low teams as we saw this weekend. So yeah, it, it, it may be there. And I, I don't think they're going to, and I, I think maybe Nima said this, I don't think they're going to get rid of Mihalovic during the season. Uh, even though it may be the right move. I think the sentiment is too there that they don't want to, you know, you know, break it off in a, on a negative effect with him. So I think they'll wait till the end of the year and get rid of him. But yeah, I think he's run his course there, unfortunately, and uh, maybe the message isn't getting us through all the time. So, unfortunately, because I like the, I like the Bologna team. So, we shall see. Um, 
I mean, there's, they've got they've got talent there, man. Arnautovic can score goals. Orsolini's a great creator. Svanberg's had a very nice season. Skobolson, uh, Sodiano's a, a really reliable guy there. Skripsi's a good goalkeeper. It, you know, there's a lot of serviceable pieces. You'd think they'd be a little bit better, uh, you know, than what they are right now. So, but they've they've kind of hit the skids here lately, and I think that they were in that trajectory. I think they were ninth at one point just shortly before Christmas. So. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens and we'll have to see if this can, can get turned around in some shape, form or fashion. So, um, all right. So that is the, that is our nutshell version. That is the cliff notes version of match week 20 match week 21. I didn't do any goals of the week. Did you? I did. I did actually. I, I go through. Have my at it. Uh, go number, number five for me is Bastoni, uh, his goal from distance. I really liked it a lot. Number four, Raspadori's first goal. I thought that was a really nice goal. Nice curler. Yeah. Basically an individual effort by him basically beating three guys. Mm-hmm. Number three for me, Chiesa's assist or Chiesa to Dybala. Dybala with a one-touch and goal. Brilliant curler past the keeper. Uh, number two, Pellegrini's free kick. Fantastic free kick yes. by him. And the only reason it wasn't number one for me is because, you know, I love the team plays and the and the beautiful assist. And Bastoni's beautiful assist to screen yard with a header. Mm-hmm. What a goal. And the pinpoint the accuracy by – that's goal of the week right there. So I'm with that's you. My, that's my top five. I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, that would be my goal of the week. Uh, you know, out of all of them. So, uh, moving ahead to the Super Copa preview, um, that is uh, tomorrow. Uh, Inter Juventus. Uh, I mean, are you excited about this? I, I mean, I guess we should have some anticipation for it because um, yeah, it's a trophy. I mean, yeah. it's it's the Derby d'Italia. Yeah. Um, you know, if you uh, believe Sofa score, they project uh, for Inter Handanovic in goals, Grinja de Vrij, Bastoni in the back, Dumfries, Barella, Brozovic, Chalhanolu, Perisic, Latar Martinez, Naden Dzeko. Uh, for Juventus, Chesney in goal, uh, Decilio, Rugani, Chiellini, and Alexandro in the back four, Kulishevsky, Locatelli, Bentonko, and Rabio, and then Dibala and Moise Ken. Um, you know, not looking into injuries or suspensions or any of this other stuff. Uh, your thoughts on this game? Are you looking forward to this? I mean, it's I, I guess I'll have an eye on it. I'm not. Yeah, I guess I, I, if if Milan was in this, I probably would be more vested in it as a Milan fan. Sure, but. sure. And this is the game that's in Abu Dhabi or whatever it is, right? Where is is the it game okay? Out? Yeah, yes, I it think is. it usually is. So, I, I am looking forward to this game. Only in the respect that Juventus are playing a lot better lately, and I want to see how they do against top competition. Uh, Inter are going to certainly go for this title. You want to see Inzaghi get his first title, or they want to see uh, Inzaghi get his first title with Inter. And so uh, it should be an interesting game. If, if Juventus have been, are playing as well as we think they are after these last two games, um, it should be a good game. And, you know, you know the controversy is probably going to rear its head. It always does in these games, right? But... Uh, so for that aspect, you probably want to watch too. But I think it'll be a good game. Uh, and also, you know, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, if Juve are playing better and then Inter are, just, are are in good form right now, and if Inter blows them away, I mean, not that I expect that, but that could say something about Inter and, and Juventus' chances this year. But uh, it should be a, a top-notch game, I think. Uh, the Derby d'Italia, Supercoppa, all in one game. It's going to be it's, it's going to be entertaining for the neutral. For We don't have a vested interest in this game. I uh, get to see two rivals play, and we get to sit back and enjoy, and uh, maybe see some nice goals. Um, but yeah, long as uh, long as the controversy is to a minimum, 
I'm I'm excited for the game. I'm I'm probably watching a recording. I'm not gonna watch it live. I'm not that vested in it, but I will watch the game hundred percent. Um, I'm showing that the game is actually going to be at the San Siro. I would imagine because okay. of COVID and things Much like that, that more reason to watch. Yeah. I, I would think I would imagine because of COVID and things like that, that that's why. So, um, Inter is a minus 143 favorite. Juve is a plus 350 underdog. Um, interesting that they're pretty much dead even on the over under at two and a half goals at minus 110 for both the over and the under. Um, I would bet the under on that, wouldn't you? I think it's – I see 1-1 one, one, or maybe if someone wins, they're going to win 2-0, but I don't think there's a lot of goals in this game. Yeah, I, I, I don't see more than two goals for either team. Um, I think it will be a tight affair, and I think I think Inter get it 2-1, to one, I think, in this game. It's going to be tight, a super tight game. Uh, George is finally joining us in the party, I guess, celebrating. George, I just got done praising Cagliari. You missed it, man. He was partying about it. Still man, we're, we're singing about how Matteo Lovato <laughs> is coming to save your team and keep you up. Uh, yeah, but back to Inter, I think, they'll, I think they'll narrowly win this game. I think it'll be tight. It, it, usually these kind of games are tight, even if, you know, one team is far superior than the other, you know, or whatever. Um, it's it's going to be a tight game. I doubt it'll go to penalty kicks, but you never know. Never know. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go two nil to enter. I just think they're 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 the better team. Um I think that they've got a chip on their shoulder about Juventus. Over the last twenty meetings between these two teams, uh Juve have won eleven of them. Um and uh six draws. Inter have only won three of the last twenty games between these two teams. I think that there's a, a point to prove I think they want. I think that this is going to. I think they're going to use this to try to firm them, confirm themselves as the best team in Italy. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, uh, this could be a symbol that the torch has passed. Um, I'm going with Inter to win two nil. Um, I, I I like that. I think that that's going to be the result. Yeah, and if they win convincingly, it'll really put a stamp on being the best team in Italy, right? If they win in in a, in an emphatic fashion, we'll see. Uh, we both think it's going to be tight in this one. And I see one of the comments here that they the the Supercopa España is scheduled one hour before the game. I'm sure they did it intentionally. You know, anything to get more attention to the uh, you know Real against uh, Barca, uh, yep. they'll, they'll do that. So, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yep, that is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Atalanta and Venezia play in the Coppa Italia just before the uh, Supercoppa as well. See, um, we did that intentionally. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, so we'll see what uh, what happens with that. I got to imagine Venezia put kids out there uh, trying to fight relegation, and they're going to get boat raced um, by whatever Atalanta puts out. I could see Boga playing if he's healthy. Um, you know, among some other guys. So, not nothing to get too crazy about so that's our super copa prediction let's move on to transfers richard um and uh a little bit of movement going on let's just talk about some arrivals we know jeremy boga is headed to atalanta um juventus haven't done anything yet napoli getting axel twanzebi on loan um from manchester united to try to help short things out at the center back position and that is because manolas has left he's headed to a He's headed to Olympiacos. Um, Lazio moved on from Gonzalo Escalante, which was mildly surprising on me, to me. I think that 
But I also think that that has a lot more to do with the fact that they believe in Danilo Cataldi at this point uh, in that role. Uh, Roma is bringing in Ainsley Maitland-Niles. It's also believed that they're going to be bringing in Sergio Oliveira from Porto, um, which would be a really good signing. Um, uh, Sampdoria uh, getting busy here. They brought in Andrea Conti from Milan, so his time at Milan unfortunately is up. Uh, A veteran midfielder in Thomas Rincon, uh, a veteran to Serie A as well, coming over from Torino. That is a loan. Um, They did move Fabio De Pauli uh, to Hellas Verona. Uh, and Adrian Silva has uh, left altogether. He is headed uh, to go get a lot of money, play for a lot of money in the UAE uh, for Elwada. Um, Genoa, we know that uh, that is a project that is going to take some time. Silvan Hefti, a very interesting signing coming over from Young Boys. We talked about him on the last podcast. Uh, Kelvin Yaboa, a young striker from Sturmgratz, uh, coming over. Don't know a whole lot about him. Um, Johan Vasquez, a Mexican international center back, uh, coming over from Unan, Unan Pumas and Leo Ustegard, another center back coming over from Brighton, uh, on a loan. Uh, so interesting there, uh, Bologna, nothing of note. Udinese did move on from Samir. It's really that incestuous Pozzo family moving of players between Udinese and Watford. Samir went to Watford, um, Lucas Teodorczyk, a failed experiment for Udinese, let's, is probably pulling it politely, headed to Vincenza. Fiorentina, very interesting. Uh, $15 million to get Jonathan Icone out of Lille. And Christoph Piantek is back in Syria on loan uh, from Hertha Berlin. Um, he uh, gets to uh, hold uh, Vlaovic's towel. Um you know, for as long as Vlaovic is there, um, I'm sure there's going to be spot opportunities for him to play. Moving a little further down the list, we talked about Matteo Lovato already. He is on loan at Cagliari from Atalanta. Um, uh, Diego Farias is without a club. Uh, probably should be without a club at this rate. Um, and uh, that's about it. Uh, oh, Venezia. Venezia. Michel Cuisance. Oh, coming over from Bayern Look for four million. Look at that. That's a that's a great get for Venezia. Yeah, I like that. For like you know, for their standards. Um, I missed a big one. Gabia is also going on loan to uh, Sampdoria. Um, what else did I miss? Um, Lorenzo Insigne to Toronto. Yeah, oh, we, we knew well, we knew that. We knew that already. We knew that already. But that is that's a the big one in this side of the pond that everyone keeps talking about. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting. I mean, I I understand both sides of the discussion with him at least. But eleven and a half million euros, that's a pretty sweet deal for him and his family. I mean, I understand completely why he took that took that you know that uh, yeah. that that job. So. Good, good luck on him. You know, I get we'll get to see him a little bit more, uh, at least on television over here in the states now with MLS. Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting move there. So that's uh, a lot of rumors still. And George, answer your questions. Fiorentina, as the chat is saying, Piantic. Um, But uh, yeah, some interesting moves. I'm sure a, a few more moves are still yet to happen. You know, yeah, Milan oh, sure. defenders. Um, you know, Napoli still hunting for some players. You know, Juve will be hunting for some players. So. Yeah, there will be a couple of pieces left to go. Uh, we'll see if there's any big fish that are going to come in here. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, time will tell. Time will tell. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 
I think somebody was asking me, said, you know, Piontek hasn't been the same. He had a, he had a great start at Genoa, got off to a burst at Milan and really hasn't been the same since. And I said, all you need to do is look at Giovanni Simeone to see sometimes you get to the right environment and the goals start coming again. I'm, you know, he'll, he won't be deprived of service. Um, you know, at, at Fiorentina. We'll, we'll get to that question in a second here, Dominic. Um, yeah, and, and I think maybe it's like Borrello as well, right? Borrello always played well against in the, with the lower teams, right? The mid-table teams, the teams are on the bottom of the table, where yep. he could be the main focal point as opposed to going to the big fish and not scoring as many goals. Though I say that, and he, I think he still scored like 15 goals for Milan, but whatever. <laughs> and Icone just, I think Icone makes a lot of sense. Um, I I, I love this deal for Fiorentina. Yep. Um, yeah. If it happens, and I think I saw Sergio Oliveira going to Roma, I love that move for Roma. I mean, I think yeah. that that's a, signal, that's a signal of intent. You get a veteran player, free kick specialist, ask Juve uh, how good he is on a dead ball. Um, of course, I got Pellegrini now. Now they can have competition there. <laughs> I mean, you can split that up a little bit. Yeah, or if you know Pellegrini goes down injured because he does have injury issues, you've got Oliveira available. Um you I mean, can, if, play, can you play them both? I I think you can. I think Oliveira can play a little deeper. If Milan um, can make Ronaldinho, Pirlo, and Beckham work on the free kicks, I'm sure they Roma can figure it out with Pellegrini. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not making any comparisons, though. Don't. don't no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm just yeah, saying. Don't, careful now. <laughs> you have three world class free kick takers that are able to share the spotlight. Uh, yes. You know, so I'm sure anybody else can figure it out. Those three can figure it out. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I, so if that really did happen, I mean, transfer market's not showing it on there, but I thought I saw it uh, in a couple of spots that he could be heading to Roma. I could end up being wrong on this. Um, I'll just do a quick search. Uh, another one that I, another one that I'm intrigued by. Um, yeah, Cuisance, uh yeah. coming over. Um, yeah, it's 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 saying that he is set to join. He edges closer to edges closer to Roma. Could arrive tomorrow. That was a day ago, which means he could have arrived today. Actually, there are YouTube videos already with him in a Roma jersey. I don't know if that really means. Yeah, we should probably look up Roma's website. Check. Uh, well, that I would say Roma Press with John Solano, but yeah, definitely check Roma's website. They'll definitely say that. So while you do that, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start. I'm gonna answer Dominic's question. Uh, will Luis Alberto survive Saudi ball? That's a million dollar question. I mean. People with logic will tell you yes, because how could you give up a player like Luis Alberto? But it's just not seeming to work with those two for whatever reason. And you heard stories that maybe they're they're back on the same page again and this and that. But I don't know, man. It's just there's too many too many yellow flags, red flags popping up with these two. I I, I would not be surprised. I, I think it'd be foolish to give rid of Luis Alberto, but I would also not be surprised if he goes in the in the January window. I really wouldn't, um, but I think it'd be extremely foolish to get rid of Luis Alberto because having a Luis Alberto and Sergei Milikovic Savage pulling the strings for your team, I think, is the best way for Sari Ball to get up and running a full head of steam as opposed to any other way. But what do something's you going, something is going on there. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, Toma Basic has not gotten there yet but Saudi keeps jamming him in like he's going to and it's just not happening um 
We'll see. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I, I I'm not ready to give up on this yet. I mean, I think that there's a chance for him to survive. I think that there's a chance that Saudi could, could come to his senses. But there might even there might be a bigger project that Lazio might have in mind overall that doesn't involve Luis Alberto. Yeah. Um, and they're probably using the season to say, "Hey, how are we looking without him? Let's figure this out." And what are we going to need if we're going to move on from him? Sometimes that happens. I don't know if we want to risk, you know, some of your ambitions and in, in, in an effort to do that. I mean, on the flip side, Kessie probably will not sign a new contract with Milan at the rate that this is going. And when he comes back from AFCON, uh, Pioli is going to continue to run him into the ground. Um, so uh, it's like, all right, you know, as he's done with other players that have left at the end of their contracts, like Chalhan Olu last year. So, you know, and uh, yeah, Donnarumma, it's goalkeeper. Who else was he, who else was going to play? Um, so, I can see a I can see a scenario here where Lazio are maybe evaluating what their project looks like without him. If they're thinking that there is going to be, you know, they've got to look at long term and they've got to look at you know how do they do this without him, and that's. That's probably what they're looking at. They're trying to see if Toma Basic answers the bell here, which so far he hasn't, in my opinion. Is he is he the Kroonich for uh, sorry? <laughs> well, he's oh Toma oh Toma is Toma Basic the Kroonich for Kroonich for yeah. sorry? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, right? yeah, say, yeah. He's the it, Luis Alberto is the anti Kroonich. Yeah, uh, you know to answer that question. So, <laughs> but Basic Basic seems to be the you know sorry's pet right now and it's, the Balkan, it's, it's, these, it's these Balkan players that these yeah. these 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 Italian managers have an affinity for loyalty um yeah I mean if gosh if, uh, at some point Allegria will get one from he get one for uh and, and Yelly will send one over to Allegri and and Allegri will never sit him so because I don't think they have one now um but anyway uh do they all I mean do these do our do these managers just think that there's a Mirko Vucinic in waiting or or somebody like that? Yeah, maybe or Berbertov something. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so, ah, uh, boy. Anyway, um, uh, Pioli has built up more buy-in over more seasons. Yeah, he has. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So. Um. Any other thoughts on the transfers? Maitland Niles to Rome is an intriguing one. It's a nice. I like it. Get some rotation with Karsdorp. Um, I think that that was definitely a need for Roma, and, and they took care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Gabia going over to Sampdoria to get some experience. Maybe he plays there over Yoshida. You know, we, we had Yoshida in our crap on a cracker team, and I think that you know we might be talking about a defender that's past it. Uh, give a young guy a chance and see if he can do a little bit better uh, and kind of tread water. So, um, so we'll see there. And I like to see if Andrea Conti can get his career back on track. Just tragic the way things went. Yeah. Yeah. And in and, and the last game, Bonatti was talking, Bonatti and Cordero were talking about that. And it is, it is tragedy. And he, maybe he just needs a fresh new start, you know? And that's all you need. I mean, you're not getting in over Florenzi and no. then Florenzi who's. And, or Kalulu even. And Kalulu. I mean, there's just, there's, there's a log jam at that position at Milan. And it, and it only made sense for Andrea Conte to start over somewhere else. So. Yeah. So, yeah, so those are the uh, thoughts that those are the reactions that we have to the transfers. We're looking forward as more come in during the January window. This is the um, 
brief silly season before we get to the summer. So uh, looking forward to more. And now we're moving on to the moment you've all been waiting for, the world's most popular hashtag game. It's time for Who Won Calcio Twitter. Richard, lead us off. All right. Let me uh, switch that right there. Okay. Let's look at it. Number one for this. So we got a lot this week. Well, the last couple of weeks, because, you know, the last time we did this podcast, we had a tweet of the year. So we kind of missed a big batch of them. So we're going to add them all tonight, really zip through them. Starting back in uh, December 18th, John Solano. And it's a picture of Casperini as uh, they're losing to Roma 4-1. to one, And it says, uh, only if you could be at the Louvre with uh, right next to uh, uh, um Oh, Deserves Mona to Lisa. be in Mona the Lisa. next to Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa. Yeah. Mona Lisa. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so that's, oh, a, that's classic. <laughs> oh, uh, right. This showed up as a uh, uh, Giovanni uh, FCIM at, at Giova FCIM 7. Voglio giocare per la Juventus. I want to play for Juventus. What's the so, background on this one? The background of this, this guy actually had... Um, uh, Vlahovic's name and picture on this and made it look like it was all official Vlahovic. So when he did this, everyone went wild. That's why you see all the likes because people thought it was Vlahovic. They fell for it. And so oh, yeah. Oh, is that cool. what it was? Okay, yeah. now he's got some... Is that a Formula One driver or something like that on there? Uh, yeah, he's got uh, uh, Vettel. He's got Vettel. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Moving on. I th- thought maybe he wanted to play for Juventus. Maybe yeah, he does. Maybe he does. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Uh, the Coucher guy, Salernitana's president, asking Lazio's president if he knows a guy who can buy his club in today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. We'll put the Calcio guys as the leader in the clubhouse right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, uh, at Mario Sweatshirt. Uh, this is Mario Galliano, uh, Mario Galliano, excuse me, uh, put some respect next to that name, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Inter beating Spezia 2-0 and then Spezia beating Napoli 1-0. Galliano, we lost because we didn't have Hamshik, Osiman, and Higuain and Maradona. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> like a little shade from one uh, fan base to the other. Yep, yep. <laughs> and also not, nothing wrong with take, making fun of your own team as well, right? Uh, Art Morelli coming in here. Uh, Sports Society of Naples Soccer with Victor Osiman. It's uh, Aquaman without Victor Osiman. <laughs> Some random dude with a rake. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. Moving on. Uh, Pettisnich, he's always on board. Uh, Milan, Napoli, Atalanta, Juve, and Roma fighting for top four. Inter. I see them blue. <laughs> <laughs> me and you. Oh. We got somebody breakdancing. <laughs> Inter, Inter well, break everybody dancing. else is fighting. <laughs> Inter just dancing away. <laughs> uh, it's been used so many times, but it's so funny every okay. time. Okay. <laughs> uh, leader in the clubhouse is Pettisnich. Yes. All right. What next else is one. New? Next. Yeah, exactly. Right. Next one comes from. Uh, let me turn this down. It's so loud. Oh, my uh, next one is uh, it's from Fredward underscore Mac, and it's in Zaghi looking at Gallardini once we ship out Vicino. Uh, Vicino. <laughs> <laughs> You're next. You're next. <laughs> Love it. Oh. Love it. Okay. Uh, like I said, yeah, uh, all I want for Calcio is fair play, and our friend Sabrina Belmonte at Sabri B10 is a nominee for saying competent referees would be nice as well. Absolutely. 100%. Why not? 100%. <laughs> All 
All right. Next one is uh, Don Totti. He <laughs> says, "I told my wife that I don't like our five-year. I don't like our five-year-old son believing that Santa Claus is real. She told me that I am in my thirties and still believe her." <laughs> 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 Leader to come out. <laughs> I think we know who is the leader right now. Yeah, yeah, that's oh my gosh. I didn't even see that till just now, so <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh yeah, double underscore Nanatsuri, the big show man, they all came out for this one. Uh the yeah. I in Juventus means integrity. <laughs> and there is no I in Juventus. <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Let's see. Okay. I don't know. Let's see what we got here. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to even get into this. It seems like it's a battle between two people. I'm not going to even get into this one. So we'll skip in that one. Calcio podcast? Yeah, the Calcio podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Uh, let's see. I'll, I'll skip over to George. Uh, he says, uh, even the Irish are pissed at Cali's performance lately. <laughs> Northern Irish boy posts a stone. <laughs> Is that George with the rock trying to burn Kylie before the winter? <laughs> oh. oh, gosh. Uh, Mourinho fan still ahead. All right. <laughs> Let's keep track of this. Okay. So at Michael Kashani, maybe Conte would get a few decisions in his favor if he went back to his roots and took up match fixing again. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from Dom Apuzzo. It's uh, Italian Americans versus Italian Canadians on Twitter during Lorenzo yep. Insigne's first season in the MLS. Just about. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just yep. about. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. All right. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> at a party, Morelli SS Napoli. This burning. That's not well, a dumpster fire. That's uh, a truck. That's a truck. <laughs> Trucks on fire. That's not really He's throwing you. a lot of shade at his own team here this time. That's right. Around, that's he? right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. That's before. Oh, here we, we go. Had... Benevento gets a nomination in this one. So Serie says, uh, send your gift of your team from 2021. And Benevento says, it's a person running and falls through the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I like Benevento. that. Nicely done, I like Benevento. that. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I do too. All right. So we move on to uh, at oh, Raf underscore biz he's asking the calcio guys who raf underscore biz first of all i should disqualify you just on principle who won calcio twitter is property of seria sit down i'm gonna reply to him about this too um someone asked me how to translate the phrase put your foot in your mouth to italian i responded salernitana um it should be lotito Put some. I'm actually responding to him now. Put some respect to at City. I sit down. Uh, what do we got next? Um, oh, oh, here we go. So the big thing that happened during the break was, of course, Lukaku decided to open his big mouth, and all things went haywire. And so people had memes for days on this. Uh, this is from Parasnitch, of course. This interview. What did you think about the draw against Liverpool, Lukaku? Liverpool. Aren't we facing him in the Champions League in February? <laughs> Still think he plays for Inter. <laughs> Let's see, is it? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay, Parasinic coming strong again. I still got Mourinho fan winning. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, Joseph uh, Fischetti. Uh, okay, at Yanimal1981, what we've learned from all this Lukaku drama, Zlatan was right. 
Oh man, let's sure see, was. Let's see. let's see. We got uh, K Murray. K Murray getting an entry. Bitchy. I think so. Oh, okay, so IFTV did a thing about uh, Insigne. Ah, uh, okay. Will this now make him Lorenzo Insigne? Insigne. 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 Nicely done. Very clever. Very clever, K. Very clever. Another one. Um. Okay, at Los <laughs> Yeah, sex is good, but I prefer intercourse. <laughs> That's a good one, too. That's picture a really good of one. in the interview. Oh, goodness. Oh, oh my, my gosh. That's that okay. Good. We've got okay. Uh, okay, so at Los Riley. Uh, okay, so it's at, at Los Riley and at Mourinho fan are the contenders right now. Yes, yes, yes. Next one, uh, an offshoot of K's tweet and it's a Calcio fan blog say, how about Canadian Tirajiro? <laughs> little insignia uh, there. Uh, let me uh, just see here. Uh, where is that? Uh, right after the um, Nicholas nominated it. Okay. Um, where is that? Oh, oh, I, I, I'm a step ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, so how about uh, Canadian Tira Ejiro, huh? Okay. Uh, <laughs> not bad, not bad, not bad. Okay, Adrian is replying to um, Yanimo, yeah. <laughs> at Yanimo uh, saying, that's Juve math, win one Scudetto, it counts for four. <laughs> okay. Huh? Not uh, bad. Shade at Juventus, shade at Juventus. All right. Lisi nominating this one from Saturnion. Yeah, uh, we've gone through all of these, and this is the first Saturnion entry. Yeah, it says, Insignia living in North America and then finding out that English Serie A Twitter won't claim him as a real Italian. <laughs> 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 oh, nice. Nice. All right. Uh, uh, at Rafi- Rafaismo, um, the Magnificent Seven, the project, uh, with Andre Silva, Ricardo Rodriguez... Mateo Musacchio. I forgot we had that son of a bitch on this team. Borini, <laughs> Chalinolu, Kessie, and Conti. Yeah, yeah. They're all gone. Kessie will so be the, the original- last of Kessie. Well, Kessie's still there. Yeah, Kessie's still there. Uh, the original tweet was about Arsenal, and they're talking about this literally the best project in Europe. And then this is the project that they're referring to. Yeah, this is uh, the Arsenal project here. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice. See. All right, let's see what we got. Nick nominating something here. Okay. Uh, Rafa Biz, photos from this afternoon's practice. Luciano Spalletti giving a pep talk to the recent call-ups as they prepare for you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well played, Rafa Biz. Nice. Well played. Okay, so at Fino Alafine 282, does the ASL only operate when there is a Juve Unapoli match? <laughs> Apparently. They've been a shit show. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, my goodness. All right, let's see. What we got next? <laughs> All right, so original tweet was uh, Lega Serie A have an emergency meeting in which they decided to do absolutely nothing, refusing to postpone games, even with the squads uh, under quarantine orders. And then uh, Adriano says, the emergency meeting. <laughs> bold dudes playing some cards. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. That's uh, about right. That's pretty accurate. Okay. Uh, uh, at Napoli Talk, uh, Napoli Primavera about to drop the sickest TikTok of 2022, <laughs> then concede seven goals in the same day. <laughs> Oh, okay. More shit at your own team. I love it. More uh-huh. love it. All right. Napoli wearing red today to honor Insigne's move to Toronto. Class. 
very, nice very Nick. nice, very nice. Uh, uh, so this is the one that I wanted to come to. Mourinho <laughs> underscore fan might have two contenders. This is the new uh, Forza Inter Haiti yeah. <laughs> after the Milan Roma game. I left work. I left work early to watch this shit. Fuck you guys, <laughs> AS Roma. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, oh man, Mourinho man. fan has two in the same. Only Mourinho fan could have two in the same uh, <laughs> uh, uh, week. So, oh. all right, Gar- Carlo Garganese, Antonio Conte playing once a week versus Antonio Conte playing twice a week. <laughs> 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 uh, nice Shrek reference there. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, Calcio fan blogs getting nominated here. Uh, when the road trip is so long that you get bored and start to sing. Song being sung is called Anare by uh, Gigi D'Alessio. Um, TFC's be team bus. bus after a few games with Insigne would be like... <laughs> singing songs in Italian? Not Possibly. bad, not bad. All right, where are we at? Where are we at? What's next? What's next? All right, Diego Fornero. Uh, <laughs> Who is this guy? I don't even know where I got this guy from. But uh, Oh, okay. Giocamo la Serie Like in Chiesa, abbiamo risolto il problema. So... If we, we manage Syria like we uh, go to church and it'll solve all our problems. That's how, that's how Syria manages. Uh, that's how like a Syria manages uh, Syria there. So, yeah. all right, nice. uh, uh, big show back on the board again. Uh, guy was announced thirty minutes ago and already looks like Drake. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's that's that's in there. Oh, that's good. Looks just like him. Oh, it's very Insigne Drake. Oh man, we got some good ones this week. This so has been two a, this weeks worth. That's why. This well, yeah, this might be one of the better uh, better editions uh, oh. of this. Jerry originally tweets out Where's the backbend of Lazio's midfield, and uh, Toby Gillis says, uh, "Here you go, <laughs> pictures of lambs." <laughs> <laughs> All right, creative, very I like creative. the creativity there. Not bad. Uh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, at Nicholas underscore Calcio Zielinski, uh submitting his COVID test result before the game. <laughs> I am <laughs> negative. Uh, I love that he used benchwarmers. That was a funny movie, uh, and that's that, that's great. That's great. Okay. All right. <laughs> I got. I guess I got nominated somehow. So uh, Milan Club Philly were wishing me happy birthday, and he used the picture of System of a Down singer and uh, LFC Philly. LFC Philly replied. System of a sit down. That's a new name. That's a new name. <laughs> awesome. Uh, is that it? Nope. Uh, one. I think there's a couple more left. We've got Uncle Sharma on the button. Man, we've gone all this time and not had an Uncle Sharma entry. Galliardini versus uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic. Just following him around the pitch. <laughs> so someone's like, Gally, people were saying, oh, Galliardini is so well against Sergei Milinkovic Savic. And then here's, here's the. Uh, Compilation video of it, just him following him, him around, which is really it was okay. It wasn't great, that, and that's the point I think of this video. <laughs> uh, this I think this is the oh, last one. Excuse me. The last one. Yep, Jason Mugnaini, Fiorentina defense today. <laughs> Waking up from the hangover, it's like yep. what happened? <laughs> and then the last one. Oh, that's just you. So okay, yep. so two Mourinho fan entries. Uh, Neretsudi's Insigne Drake and then Los Riley. That was a funny one, too. I got to look back at that one as well. Oh, man. Okay, so... Ah, fuck you guys. Yes, Roma. <laughs> That's so good. 
That's so good. <laughs> it just hit. It just hit right when he, yeah. when I saw it. Where is that other um, one? I want to find it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sex is good, but I prefer intercourse. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I, think- I am I am going with the uh, Santa Claus one, Mar- the first one from Mourinho fan. I think. Yeah, I gotta find it. Where the hell is it? Oh, it's just before that one. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I- I'm with this too. I told my wife that I don't like her, like our five year old son, believing in Santa Claus. She told me that I am in my 30s and still believe Romo in another school. <laughs> yeah, that was on Christmas yeah. Eve. Okay, that's the winner for me. That's what okay. For me too. All right, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, tweet this if you want to uh, maybe take a look at next uh, the next slate of matches or uh, anything else while I send this out. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about the next set of matches here while you do that. Uh, looking ahead to the next week's next next round of games, I should say uh, some games that are in. Let me see if I can share the screen. Well, I won't share the screen. Uh, some big games I think that are on the horizon. We should keep an eye on for Sampdoria Torino could be a tasty affair. You'd imagine Torino would have a little bit of an advantage at the moment, but uh, Sampdoria seemed to bring it every week and make it difficult for everybody. Juve Udinese, that's a sleeper of a game. You may think that Udinese will be walked all over, but don't discount them, even though they got walked over by Atalanta. Sassuolo Hellas is going to be an interesting, interesting game, I think. I will certainly tune into that. Empoli Venezia very well also could be. I think the cream of the crop has to be Atalanta Inter. We'll yep. see what those teams are going to be made of there. It's a Scudetto, Scudetto six-pointer, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think that's, that's the main game I'm going to be watching. But, you know, don't discount some of these other smaller games. But, obviously, Atalanta Inter are going to be the ones going to take the cake for me. That's going to be a must-see TV. I don't know if we're going to get goals, a lot of goals. But, again, Atalanta's involved. So, you may be looking at a 3-2 two, two game here. I don't know. Sure, sure. That's going to be definitely very exciting. So, um, you know, appointment television, if you've uh, – if you've got nothing else going on, definitely uh, take advantage. Make sure you watch that. We'll certainly be yeah. uh, talking about that here. Um, uh, so um, I think we'll put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Richard, anything else you want to plug shamelessly to the people? No, no. Just uh, follow us in our usual places, and you see our handles right there is mine, and yours is over there somewhere. So, <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm at... FTC, you keep moving the damn thing on me. FTC underscore 21. City, I sit down. We have our own channel on Apple Podcasts, on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever there's podcasts, there is City I Sit Down. Go to at City I Sit Down on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, check us out there. Follow us there. Um, drop any comments, any questions, any suggestions for future podcasts at uh, hashtag who won Calcio Twitter. All one word. Send your nominations um, as well. Keep it clean. Keep it fun. Uh, don't make it offensive. Um, also available on Facebook as well. So, chat, thank you. Once again, if you are watching us here on YouTube, please subscribe. Please drop a like uh, and hit that notification bell so that you know when we are coming on again. Uh, we will do a better job next time of promoting when we're coming on. I think we just kind of made a little blurb saying happy birthday to Richard and say, oh, by the way, we're coming on Tuesday night. So, surprise. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, George, you'll have to rewatch the praise of Calgary in the morning. I said it's called a winning streak. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, so with that, uh, Chad, again, thank you all very much. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday night, Richard. I've decided we're going to do next Tuesday night. Um, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time here on the YouTube channel. Check us out then. Uh, until then, for Richard, I'm Frank. As always, be telling your paisans about us. Ciao.